Motion and Bounce. Built to stimulate around the eyes. Greatest and greatest wellness trends, treatments, and experience. Work back Magnesium is naturally found in foods like... This is the Well and Good Podcast. Tune in to find the wellness that fits your frequency. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Ah, stress. I'm stressed. Are you stressed? Can you hear it in my voice? To be honest, I don't think I know anyone who would answer no to that question, particularly after the last 18 months. Nothing like a little global pandemic to really pile it on. Last year, the American Psychological Association found that two in three adults reported feeling significant stress over the course of the pandemic. And not just about the threat of physical illness from COVID, but also about work, family, money, climate change, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yet despite the negative impact long-term stress can have on both our mental and physical well-being, more on that later in the app, the culture doesn't seem to take chronic stress as seriously as other mental health issues. So for today's episode, I wanted to explore why that's the case, what stress is doing to all of us, and how we can try and control it. I'm Kate Spees, your host for today's episode and fellow stress head. Now let's dive in. I think that that lack of acknowledgement of mental health and mental well-being was also pretty stressful as well. You're hearing from Dora Kamau, a meditation teacher at Headspace, and she sets the stage for why we need to start thinking about stress as a mental health issue and not just something that we experience from time to time at work. I am a meditation teacher working with Headspace, and before I was working with Headspace, I was working as a psychiatric nurse in Vancouver, BC. So I really came to this work taking my own experience and my own journey of healing and meditation and mindfulness and recognizing how often these are things that we tend to do alone and in isolation. And I really just wanted to create space for women like me to come together and 
talk about these things, you know, and not be ashamed to be struggling and create that kind of connection between all of us. You know, there was the pandemic, there was the social issues, racial injustice, there was the lack of connection and isolation. And I also just think like even the lack of value that we do place on our mental health and mental well-being was also at the forefront again, because I think we sometimes only take care of things when they get really bad. So to know that this is an issue that really called us in and made us aware of like where we need to do better as a society and not just isolating stress to say like workplace stress, you know, whether it's at home, whether you're a parent in a breakup, Headspace has done a really good job at being able to normalize that conversation and destigmatize that conversation and even providing people with tools and exercises that really can be applied to all aspects of life. Our next guest reminds us that stress has a huge impact on our mental health, but also our physical health. In that study from the APA that I referenced at the top of the episode, many of the adults reported not only feelings of mood swings and snappiness and shortness of temper, but also tension in their body and headaches. And those physical symptoms really need to be paid attention to. When we think about well-being, we have all of these different pieces of the pie that make up our life. And there may be a time in our life when work takes up 80% of the pie and everything else gets smushed. But we have to balance that back out because when we miss, for example, community and connection or connection to spirituality, not necessarily religion, but something bigger than ourself, that feeling of connection to something larger than ourself, then our health in the other aspects suffers for that. I'm Dr. Melinda Ring. I'm a physician who trained in integrative medicine as well as internal medicine. Integrative medicine is really a whole person approach to care, engaging both biomedical approaches and then healing traditions from around the globe. And really, you know, pertinent to today, addressing the mind-body-spirit community connections. If we go back to the time of Descartes, there was really this split between mind and body and this idea that health relied on the physical and then mental and spiritual aspects of our well-being were completely separate. And I think that did a real disservice to people interested in promoting optimal health for a long time because the connections between different aspects of our life and, and for example, the mind-body connection, they are not just superficial connections. They are real chemical changes that happen in our body that affect the way our mind works. Our mental state affects how our body works. You know, we, we used to talk only about mind-body. Now there's well-defined mind-gut connections the neuroimmunology and how stress impacts our immune system and our, our neurologic function. Really, it's just so profound now that we just can't deny the connection between all of these different aspects of our life. So short term, I'm, I think about when I have to give like presentations and maybe my heart is like pounding, I'm like sweating, maybe my mouth is dry, my stomach is doing backflips. There's like these stress hormones that are being released in the body that are really there to protect us and to keep us safe. But 
when we start to experience the stress on like a long-term extended period of time, we can experience things like headaches, fatigue, stress really impacts our immune system. When we experience stress, this is something I just learned, it actually shuts down our digestion. So that's why many people have things like IBS or different digestive issues that can come up with chronic stress. There's tension in the body and there's also burnout, which is like extreme exhaustion and fatigue. When Dora rattled off this list, I was like, yes, yep. Oh yeah, that one too. But isn't it normal to feel a bit stressed all the time and a bit exhausted because of that stress? Isn't that just the modern human condition? Dr. Ring says, nope, nope, that's not the case. And that minimizing your stress or downplaying it because, you know, someone else is doing it tougher is not the move either. This is not the Stress Olympics. People will actually try to minimize their own expression of stress because they'll, they'll say, well, other people have it so much worse and therefore I don't deserve to be complaining about stress. And I think just acknowledging that the existence of that stress in one's life is a very important first step. Stress can affect just about every aspect of our mental and physical well-being. One thing I hear from patients a lot is that when we're saying a physical symptom is a result of stress, sometimes that can get misconstrued as, oh, this physical symptom is all in your head. And that is not the case. You know, what we are really saying is that now chronic stress has a true impact on our inflammation markers, on our hormone levels, on the gut microbiome. And so saying that stress is a root cause of these physical symptoms is not at all implying that somebody is making it up. It is really saying that we need to treat this and we need to address this as a true crisis as anything else would be, as we would a physical one. So when we talk about some of the common physical symptoms, some of the most common ones are things like headaches and migraines, muscle tension, pain, Stress definitely accentuates chronic pain issues, fatigue. And oftentimes when we talk about fatigue, it's that non-restorative fatigue. You know, it doesn't get better after a good night's sleep. It's sort of that sense of feeling depleted, changes in sex drive and libido, GI issues. You know, it's the acute stress. And those are a lot of, you know, these internal ones. And it manifests externally too. You know, skin issues, dermatologic problems, hair loss, everything. So it's really a head-to-toe, inside-outside problem. Now, before you get all stressed about feeling stressed, this note from Dora should help put things into perspective. Not all stress is bad. And yes, it is normal to feel stressed at times. Like so many things related to our health, it's all about management and making sure that small bits of stress don't become chronic and that over time we are practicing stress management techniques. I always like to tell people there's good stress, believe it or not, and there's also bad stress. So that good stress is the stress that motivates us, that excites us, that can really get us to do the things that we want to do. And the bad stress, quote unquote, I don't like to say bad, but the bad stress is the stress that we um, aren't able to take care of. So I think it's important to just recognize, like, do we have the tools to effectively manage our stress? And that is what can differentiate like the short-term stress, which 
should be coming and going versus the long-term, more chronic stress that stays when we are experiencing stress for like an extended period of time. It's clear that we all need to calm down a little bit. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's clear that stress has a real impact on our physical well-being. But if we flip that coin, can physical practices also help us control stress? When we are in that fight or flight response, the sympathetic nervous system is what is activated. So things begin to speed up, whether it's our heart racing, our thoughts are racing, maybe there's that anxiety that we're experiencing. When we're able to take a deep breath and activate the parasympathetic nervous system, which is the rest and digest system, this tells our body that we're safe and we're okay. Like exercising, any type of body movement, I think really is really powerful because we're strengthening that mind-body connection. And if you're prone to anxiety, you'll notice that you kind of forget about your body in those moments and you're really like in your head. So again, bringing the mind into the body and just being able to connect to the different bodily sensations is a great way to start. So when I'm able to take a deep breath, maybe I'm able to remember that I need to get outside or I need to go for a walk. But if I'm not able to slow down and take that deep breath, I might just do something impulsively that I'll regret later. Meditation and mindfulness is one of the things that really, really requires practice. Like I think about it as the mind being a muscle and you have to get those reps in, you know, so whether it is even just pausing for three minutes and just like noticing your breath or taking the time to slow down because in the world that we live in, you know, going slow and being slow really goes against everything else that may be happening around us. So it is something 100% that you need to practice. And I always like to share with people like practice doesn't make perfection, but it does make progress. So even if you try to meditate the first time and you're like, this isn't working, keep on going. Like the mind naturally wants to wander, get distracted. It wants to think. So to slow down, you're doing something that's really going against what the mind naturally does. This was very comforting to hear because throw a stone and you'll hit a wellness expert telling you how important meditation is for stress management. But honestly, I don't like traditional meditation. I don't like having to listen to my breath. I find it hard and I find it uncomfortable. But Dr. Ring has some advice. 
for one thing, it's very important to be sure you're going into it with the right expectation. Because I find that a lot of patients come in to me and they say, I'm not good at meditating. And therefore, they feel like it's not helping them. Instead, the goal, whatever we're doing in one of these mind-body practices is to practice that every time your mind wanders to gently and non-judgmentally bring yourself back to your focus. That's actually what the meditation is. It's not getting into a place of zenness. Now, if you just flat out hate something and if it starts to create stress and anxiety to even think about doing it, move on, do something else. You can also do more than one thing at a time. You know, I'm in Chicago, so yesterday it was 70 and beautiful and I took two long walks and today it's, you know, 30 degrees colder and I'm inside and I'm going to do something to meditate and do it quietly by myself. And so you you don't have to say, I'm only going to do one thing because, you know, it's not like you're learning to master a guitar, you know, or anything like that. There's nothing at the end of it except your well-being. So for those of us who have gotten all perfectionists about meditation and given up because we're not good at it, something to keep in mind is that there is no end point for meditation, that essentially doing the practice is the end point. So find the type of meditation that suits you. For me, it's walking meditation and just go with it. I don't know anyone in my life that wasn't affected by the pandemic. And so there's been so many different shifts, so many beautiful advancements, whether it's in mental health and mindfulness meditation. And um, unfortunately, it had to happen with what happened in the last two years. But fortunately, it's really causing um, things to change and people to see that value in being able to take care of our mental well-being and mental health. And I knew it was making a change when my mom, who's a bit older, you know, she messaged me and was like, okay, I guess I'm going to try meditating now. So I was like, yes, (laughs) progress. I actually think that is one of the positive things or or the silver linings in this pandemic is that it has raised it to a level of consciousness, the impact of stress and mental health concerns on our well-being. And so now uh, just this week, depression got added as a comorbidity for people who are at increased risk for COVID. So I I think that's a testimony to this increased awareness, which not great that it's happening, but on the positive side, I think it's going to lead to just a positive trajectory for accepting stress, depression, anxiety as true health conditions. In the medical field, there's oftentimes required things for Medicare, like, did you screen these people for potential risk of falls because they're over a certain age? I would love that there is a stress scale that is an automatic required, like this should be part of everybody's intake because it has such a dramatic and profound effect on on every aspect of life. And I, I think just that idea of awareness, empathy, compassion, and desire for us all to achieve resiliency is my hope for the future. So the headlines from today's episode. One, stress is normal, but we want to manage it. We don't want it to be too acute for too long. Two, if we don't manage it, there is going to be a huge impact on our mental and physical well-being. The physical piece being really important because I don't think that gets talked about enough. And three, 
all of the experts were and are right that meditation is really core for stress management. But that meditation can take many different forms and you don't need to be perfect at it. So go on meditating, my friends. I'll catch you next time. On today's show, you heard from Dora Kamau and Dr. Melinda Ring. This episode was produced by Taylor Camille, Ella Dove, and me, along with many other hands and brains at Well and Good. Most importantly, do not forget to subscribe, rate, and share this episode. Every little bit helps. Mixing and scoring by our sound engineer, Joanna Samuel, and our theme music was created by Madeline Lakomsky and Matt DiDomenico. Our show art was designed by Jenna Gibson and Karina Masonette. Special thanks to Jess Friedman, Jen Snyder, and Cassie Wolfe.